It's not always easy to find the positive. You might even need to search for happiness. Sometimes, just a little inspiration can make the difference. Here, it comes from unexpected places. Welcome to the Tangential Inspiration Podcast. I'm Teresa. And I'm Colleen. We're two ordinary moms looking for inspiration wherever we can find it. Hello, and welcome to Tangential Inspiration. This is Colleen, and today I'm going to be talking about the history of Amber Alerts. I'm so excited. It was so interesting, and actually I'm going to be talking about various other alerts that I was Mm -hmm. totally unaware of, and the ways that we can help find missing people, and Mm -hmm. actually just ways we can help keep others safe. I'm excited to learn about that, especially when it started and stuff, because I really have no idea. Mm -hmm. They didn't have that when we were growing Mm -hmm. up. I think it's also important to say that this might not be one for little ears. Mm -hmm. I'm not going into Mm -hmm. detail, Mm -hmm. but I do think it might cause little people some worry. So just putting that out there for now. Right. I'm going to chat about Matthew Perry a little bit. Good. Because I couldn't stop thinking about right. him oh, and talking last night right. as soon as it came on right. my watch. Right. And then I'll finish with some good news with um, some siblings that started an environmental organization awesome. in Indonesia. So, Hey, um, can I say one thing about Matthew Perry mm-hmm. just before we get started? It was so interesting. I was watching a Diane Sawyer interview mm-hmm. um, today while I was getting ready for church. <laughs> <laughs> and it was so cool. She was just talking about his book, right, mm-hmm. that he just wrote. Right. This was an interview from October of 2022. Yeah. And he was just saying, I hope this helps people. And she was just asking, what would you say to somebody that has a drinking problem or has a problem if they came to you? And he said, come over. Hmm. And I just loved those two words, mm-hmm. you know, just when we were thinking about uh, talking about friends a couple weeks yeah. ago and just how important they are. And I just thought about those two words, come over. Yeah. And I just thought it doesn't take much. No. Come over. Yeah. I just thought that was yeah. just really cool. I'm just going to really like keep that. that in my yeah. head. Yeah. Come over. And you might have to help me keep it in my head because you know how sometimes it well, yeah, but I just really thought, like, it just, that could be so little. Yeah. Come over. But huge. Right. Life-changing. Loved it. life save it. Yes. So last night we had our annual Halloween party. It was so fun. <laughs> I, I thought it was fun. It was super fun. And I hope that everybody had a good we time. We laughed a lot. So <laughs> yes. to me, yes. that was, is yes. fun. Yes. If we That's laugh success. a lot. I'm successful. That's a success. I still think my favorite costume was my brother and sister-in-law and the Goonies. Yes. (laughs) And they're like, how old is their littlest? Um, Two. Okay. And he was dressed up as sloth. Yes. He had his little belly button sticking out. (laughs) I was just dying over it, you guys. Priceless. Priceless. so cute. If you love the Goonies. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. It was such a cute costume. But sadly, just before the party started... My watch, you know, came across with this news alert Mm -hmm. that Matthew Perry um, had passed. He's most famous for his portrayal of Chandler Bing on Friends. And I honestly, I just couldn't believe it. I wasn't even done putting my costume on. I kind of thought it was a horrible joke at first. For some reason. Well, I, I know that just, sounds dumb, but I think I just was like, this has got to be a I'm joke. I'm still in disbelief. Like, it's a Halloween joke. Yeah. <laughs> know, or something. Silly. Yeah, I yeah. just could I, I'm with right. you. I couldn't believe it. And right. You know, I spent a good portion of the evening in disbelief. Yeah. And as the news filtered through the guests, it was obvious that they were all, you know, everybody right. was shocked by his right. death. Right. 
Everyone in our age group watched Friends, which ran from 1994 to 2004. And I even talked about it on the podcast about how I, how I was so reluctant about watching it. Were you? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because anything that's super trendy. Pop, yes. Yeah. I shy away. Well, I won't say I shy away from. I, I buck it generally. <laughs> but eventually, my husband had talked me into it. And I fell in love with the goofy, awkward Chandler Bing. I'm the opposite of that. <laughs> That if I'm everybody's like, watching it? Yeah, if everybody's watching it and thinks it's good, I'm I'm willing You're, to give it a try. Yeah. Mm-hmm. See, mm-hmm. I just, if something's so trend, so, yeah, I don't know. I have yeah. problems. But if a lot of people say it's good, I'm, yeah. I'm like, I'll do this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see that. Yeah. yeah. Maybe in some ways I've grown, because I do have You've got to watch this. some, some yeah. things. Yeah. <laughs> Another one of my favorite movies, I don't know if you've seen Fools Rush In. No. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It has Matthew Perry and Salma Hayek. I love her. And if you haven't seen it, you totally need to see it because it's super funny, very cute, and just heartwarming. It's a feel-good movie. I love that kind of movie. Matthew Perry was also in a bunch of things I never saw. He starred in movies like Almost Heroes, Three to Tango, The Whole Nine Yards, Seventeen Again. Have you seen any of these? No. (laughs) Um, But I know there's one that he was like, it was number one in the movie theaters, and he was with Bruce Willis. I think that's the whole nine yards. Okay. Yeah. Yes. And on TV, he was on The West Wing, Mr. Sunshine. Oh. um, The Good Wife, Studio 60, On the Sunset Strip, Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. Um, And he played Oscar on the remake of The Odd Couple. Which I haven't seen those. Now I might have to go back and watch some of them. Right. And while I loved him as an actor, I also appreciated him as a person. Like you said, it's pretty wildly known that Matthew Perry struggled with drugs and alcohol. Mm. While filming Friends, he never showed up to work drunk, but he was often working with a massive hangover. Yes. Or from, um, you know, just not feeling good from drinking the night before. Right. After a jet ski accident, he became addicted to Vicodin eventually leading to his first stay in rehab. He'd again go back to rehab for addiction to Vicodin, amphetamines, and alcohol. In 2018, his opioid abuse led to his colon bursting. Yes. And that almost killed him. He spent two weeks in a coma and had to use a colostomy bag for Mm -hmm. nine months. Hopefully I said that right. So... In the interview I watched, he Mm -hmm. said he was on this ECMO machine, Mm -hmm. and I'm not sure what that is, Mm -hmm. but it was, he said five people that night were put on this machine, Mm -hmm. and I guess it's kind of your last step. Mm -hmm. He said, out of those people, everybody died but him, if you can believe it. So I think it's kind of one of those last, like, maybe like a ventilator. I don't think it's a ventilator, but I think it might be close. Well, I saw the machine, and it, I mean, yeah, yeah, it looked, Yeah. Yeah, it, so it was serious. Yeah, it was definitely. Really Doctors had told his family that he only had two percent chance of surviving. Right, right, two percent. Right. So I did not know that. I didn't either. either I didn't way. either. Yeah, yeah. All in all, Matthew had fifteen stays in rehab, fourteen wow. stomach surgeries, and he estimated that he spent about nine million dollars on his addiction. I didn't know that. His struggle with drug addiction led him to work against drug abuse, which is what I so admire. He was very right. open about it. I love that, it's too. It's like you saying that he said, you know, come over if someone's yeah. struggling. Right. I, I just think that's so sweet and tender. Me, too. And I love hearing about that side. Also, I feel like it's really um, personal mm-hmm. to be like, come to my home. Yeah. yeah. Right? Your home is your haven. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. It's personal. Yeah. 
I just, it just, yeah. So sweet. Yes. He worked as a celebrity spokesperson for the National Association of Drug Court Professionals and support funding for drug courts, which specifically works towards helping drug offenders get treatment as opposed to jail. Right. He also converted one of his former mansions into a rehab center. It's like the Perry Center or something. I saw this online last night. Yeah. During COVID, Matthew and some of his castmates from Friends helped to launch an apparel line that promoted getting vaccinated and raised funds for the World Health Organization COVID-19 Relief Fund. One of his shirts he modeled from the line played <laughs> off of his, you know, Chandler Bing's catchphrase. It said, it said, could I be any more vaccinated? <laughs> Cute. And so, sadly, Matthew was found by his assistant on October 28, 2023, unresponsive in his hot tub. He couldn't be revived. Although at this time in the podcast, as we're recording, right. the autopsy hasn't been released. Initial reports were that it wasn't drug-related, and it's likely that, you know, he suffered a heart attack or some sort of Stroke medical condition, yeah, mm-hmm. and just drowned. He was only 54. That's the part that's just... Right. Because we're right there. <sighs> yes. We are right there. It's just so sad. He brought so much laughter mm-hmm. to so many people. Mm-hmm. So I just wanted to give a few pieces of Matthew Perry trivia that I thought were interesting. Um, He was born in Williamstown, Massachusetts, but he later moved to Ottawa, Ontario in Canada. Okay, okay. He went to school with Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And there's even a rumor that he beat up Justin in the fifth grade. I don't know if they started that. Uh, <laughs> Cute. Yeah. But um, I didn't know he was a tennis player in yes. middle school. Yeah. And high school. So in the 90210 episode mm-hmm. that he's in, he's playing this amazing tennis player. Oh, okay. And they said, yes, that really is him because he is an amazing tennis player. Okay. Well, he was like ranked or something like yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, um, one of his last like public appearances was mm-hmm. at the open yes yeah so um he obviously still was a fan yes he often practiced back in the day 10 hours a day to be such a good player he was top ranked a top ranked junior player in canada at 17 but when he moved to la to live with his father the competition was tougher and he lost his ranking Mm -hmm. that's when his decision to focus on acting happened thank goodness he was a child actor and made guest appearances on Silver Spoons. Oh, I love I it. I gotta go find Ricky. That. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, Charles in Charge and oh, Growing wow. Pains. These are blasts from the past. Yeah, I need to yes. go find these. Yeah. He was the youngest of the stars on Friends. Oh, okay. Beginning the show at 25. Well, he's a baby. Yeah. Jennifer Aniston yeah. was 25, but she was six months older than Matthew. Okay. Matt LeBlanc was 27. David Schwimmer was 28. Courtney Cox was 30, and Lisa Kudrow was 31. When he got on the cover, I love this, of People magazine for the first time, he sent one of his old teachers, Dr. Webb, a copy of the magazine. (laughs) Dr. Webb had said that Matthew wouldn't amount to anything if he kept joking around all the time. Oh, please never say that to a child. Please. (laughs) Um, I loved this. When he was nominated for an Emmy for Best Actor in a Comedy Series, he turned it down because the cast of Friends agreed that they were all supporting characters for each other. Wow. He dated Yasmin Bleeth, Julia Roberts, and Nev Campbell. Wow. Yes. Those are some lovely ladies. I know. (laughs) He was a hockey fan and often played hockey when they weren't filming. Matthew regularly sat in with the writers on Friends and offered suggestions. And many of the final lines used in Friends were actually his improvs, which I can totally (laughs) picture that. Right, right. He supported both financially 
and by doing appearances for the Children's Health Fund and the Elizabeth Glaser Pediatric AIDS Foundation. Mm, okay. He appeared in the Hanson video, Mbop. <laughs> I know. Another blast from yes, our past. <laughs> I know. I got to look that up. Yes, definitely. Um, like you said, he wrote about his life and his struggles called Friends, Lovers, and the Big Terrible Thing, mm-hmm. a memoir. The creators of Friends... Marta Kaufman and David Crane posted the day following Matthew's death the following. We will always cherish the joy, the light, the blinding intelligence he brought to every moment, not just to his work, but in his life as well. He was always the funniest person in the room. More than that, he was the sweetest with a giving and selfless heart. Isn't that what you want? Yes. I mean, people to know you for yes like yeah i hope everybody gets up at my funeral and says that right i know like i, I know. hope so <laughs> they definitely will. they will i have no doubt but yeah um, i mean for sure that is that yeah. is really the goal yeah. i mean yeah. truly yeah. i watched a couple of episodes of friends today did you yeah just had to and right. i'll probably watch my favorite fools rush in in the near future right i for one am going to miss matthew perry but i'm so glad that he left such a great body of work yes that will always make me laugh. Absolutely. And others, too. Yes. So, originally, I had written down that I wanted to do a story on how the Amber Alert came to be. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, I thought that the Amber Alert was done by Amber's mom. And I'll get into mm-hmm. that a little mm-hmm. bit. And it wasn't. But... I will bring her into this because I watched a documentary about this on, it's actually on Peacock. Mm-hmm. If you just start typing Amber, it will come up. I didn't so. even, I, I just always assumed it was because of the color Amber. Like, no. Oh, okay. It is oh, okay. an acronym now, mm-hmm. but originally when it started, it was okay. named after a child. Mm. I know. Mm-hmm. So in January of 1986, nine-year-old Amber Hagerman was riding her brand new bike that she had received for Christmas. And she was with her five-year-old brother, and she was at her grandparents' house with her mom. So her mom is actually a domestic abuse survivor. And it was amazing, really, because her mom could have never afforded a video camera back in the day. This was Mm -hmm. 1986. And she had left the children's father because the police kept getting called to the house. Mm -hmm. And the police said to her, if we have to come out here again, we're going to take your children. And she said, that was it. That drew my line. I left and I took the kids. Mm -hmm. And she was very brave. And about six months after she left him, somehow somebody got in touch with her because she was on welfare. Mm -hmm. And this group said, we want to do a piece on real women, single women trying to survive on welfare. And we want to show how their lives really are. Trying to Mm -hmm. do this. And it was so cute. So they had all this documentary footage on this sweet mom, Amber, who was nine, and Richard, who was five. Five year old brother. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And she, this sweet mom, had the best attitude and just showing how she had to budget Mm -hmm. with the money that Mm -hmm. she had. So um, in the end, they had all this video of this little girl that really, anyway. So she, at the time they were staying with her grandparents and she was only allowed to go a certain, like we would with all our children, Mm -hmm. you can go to this spot. And so she and the brother took off. And of course the mom called out after them and said, you can only go this far. And yep. 
And the little brother says, instead of turning right, like we were supposed to, we turned left. Mm -hmm. And we wanted to go to this ramp that was Mm -hmm. in an abandoned grocery store parking lot. Mm -hmm. And I went over the ramp and she went over the ramp and then we were going to go home. And she said, I'll be right behind you. And she wasn't. So what happened is, and the brother just took off back to the grandparents. Well, at the same time, a neighbor saw her taken and called the police right away. Mm -hmm. And she was actually found four days later and she had been killed. Her case Mm -hmm. is actually still unsolved. Mm -hmm. So I did read that in 2021, they were going to start using that genetic Mm -hmm. DNA to try to solve it. But I actually Googled it today and... It is still unsolved. But I do know that that can take years to come to fruition. So as Amber's family mourned her loss, another Texas mother named Diane Simone had an idea. She called a local radio station and wondered aloud about creating a national alert system for missing children. She just said, I cannot get over this child. Mm -hmm. She said, there is something. We just have to do something. She said, I just can't keep that out of my mind. And I am a firm believer if there is a thought in your mind and it's a good thought, Mm -hmm. you need to follow through with it. She said, Americans already received alerts for weather and civil defense alerts. Why wouldn't they do it for this? Yeah. Right? (laughs) Yes. I would much rather, that's more important to me than weather. Right. With that, the idea of the Amber Alert was born. Diane Simone's idea, which she called Amber's plan, stuck. Broadcasters in the Dallas-Fort Worth area partnered with law enforcement to alert people about abducted children. Before long, the system was renamed Amber, America's Missing Broadcast Emergency Response Alert. So it was originally called Amber, and then the acronyms also Uh are Amber. So despite this early traction, by the end of 2001, only four states had statewide Amber Alert emergency preparedness plans. In 2002, the White House convened a conference on missing, exploited, and runaway children. It was at this point the Amber Alert Emergency Management Program came into national focus. Did they say why it it was only in those four states? Just wasn't... You know, I don't know, but Mm -hmm. I think, you know, back in the 80s, too, think about it. Like, there wasn't social media. We didn't even have cell phones. I think it just didn't get out of that area. Yeah, I firmly believe... Of course, everybody loved children. Mm -hmm. Everybody wanted to save children and find children. I just think that news didn't didn't travel like it did today. So on April 30th, 2003, President George W. Bush signed the PROTECT Act into law, which provided the emergency preparedness and response tools necessary to create a national Amber Alert program. And then Hawaii became the 50th state to complete its statewide Amber Alert Emergency Preparedness Plan in February 2005. I loved this. The Amber Alert system has spread to countries throughout the world, and it's specifically responsible for the rescue of a 1,000 children. Wow. I know. That's amazing. I know. I just was like... And once again, it's so something awesome. so, so sad, it is so, so tragic. But yes. for those 1,000 children that were found... Correct. I mean... Right. Yeah. Right. Cool, so, making me cry here. <laughs> well, she made me cry about Matthew Perry, so we're even. So, And here's how Amber Alerts work. I didn't really realize there's, and, and I'll go over it in the other alerts that we'll talk about, there's criteria mm-hmm. that you have mm-hmm. to meet. Mm-hmm. And law enforcement determines if a case meets certain criteria, and then authorities notify broadcasters and state transportation agencies. So 
The criteria is one, the abduction involves a child or children, 17 years or younger. It's a stranger or family abduction. Mm -hmm. So, and they're believed to be in grave danger or serious bodily harm or death. We, they have to have descriptive information about the child and the abductor and the vehicle. So a lot. Yeah. Goes, yeah. 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 And do they have information about the vehicle? Do they want to have mm -hmm. that as well? So, and so people can know what they're looking for. Right. Yeah. Right. And we'll talk about another alert when I get to the end, but it sometimes is an issue if they don't have that information, they won't do the alert. Mm -hmm. And that's frustrated some people because it's just hard in some communities. People won't come forward with that yeah. information, and so yeah. they won't go through with the alert. And I, I suspect it's because sometimes it's expensive to do that alert, and they're like, it's got to be yeah. worthwhile to do the alert. So I know, but if there's any chance at all that it would it would help bring a child And I don't home, know really what's like... behind, you know, everything, but so yeah. they do statewide transportation signs, which we have here in Oregon. Yeah. Digital billboards and even texts, which mm -hmm. I've gotten yes. to. And as of 2015, they show up on Facebook, oh. which I've seen on Facebook as well. Oh, okay. So, and Donna Williams, that's Amber's mother. So, so um, just yeah. sorry to interrupt, no, but with Facebook, does it, yeah. like, is it on your feed or? Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. So mm -hmm. it just comes up on everybody's feed. Right. Like, okay. Correct. Gotcha. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. So D Donna, who is Amber's mother, said that the alert system named in the memory of her daughter is bittersweet. Mm -hmm. In 2016, 20 years after her daughter's murder, she said, there's another part of me that wonders what would have happened if we would have had the alert when Amber went missing. Could it have helped her bring her back to me? Because that neighbor literally saw it happen because mm -hmm. he lived, mm -hmm. he backed up to oh that parking lot, literally called the police. Yeah. And so in a, in a coincidence, by the time... The brother got home, mm -hmm. turned around, noticed sister wasn't there. Grandpa threw him in the car, went right up back there. to that Already grocery gone. store. Yeah. The police were literally there. It was that fast. Like the yeah. police were on the yeah. ball, right? Yeah. And it just makes you wonder. They already had that description and mm -hmm. everything. And it would have like, gotten that all correct, out there. Yeah. Correct. Correct. I'm happy to hear so, with Facebook that it just comes on everybody's screen because mm -hmm. I was worried that you'd have to, you know. Go to like it, yeah, or, exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. so I have to be quite honest as a mother of two children that I was quite unaware of what the Amber Alert was mm -hmm. and the purpose of it. And I do pay, pay close attention, attention to, yeah, to it yeah. when it hits my phone, right? But another one that I most recently became aware of in the last couple of months is when my former middle school vice principal Ralph Brown went missing. Mm -hmm. So he he was a older gentleman, mm -hmm. obviously. And he, I joined a Facebook group that his family had started to keep his picture in and yeah. license plate. Yeah. Do you he, remember he that? Was a, was around he here. was a beaver, wasn't he? Big he beaver fan, I think. I think yeah. you're right. Yeah. He had also been the mayor of a local. Smaller town. Yes, yeah. here, yeah. Cornelius. Yeah. But he had been my middle school vice principal. Mm. And so his family had made a separate Facebook page and they would regularly post what his car looked like. Mm -hmm. They wanted people, hey, as you're driving right. around this holiday yeah. weekend, yeah. they would always post picture, license plate, his picture, right. and that kind of stuff. And it was great for me to mm -hmm. see that every time we drove to the beach. And yeah. he had beginning Alzheimer's. Mm -hmm. And this was another thing they started putting on this page was the silver alerts for other missing seniors. Oh, see, that's so smart. Right. And yeah. I had never, I'd never heard yeah. that term silver alert. Yeah, I haven't either. 
So that is something new as well. And he was actually ultimately found deceased after mm-hmm. about a year. He mm-hmm. had actually driven his car. It ended up, they ended up finding him, I think, in a river. Mm. So that happened years ago with two nuns and heading to the coast, right. type of thing too, where ended they up in a, they just were they ran off the road and so yeah. I'm I'm happy to hear they're doing a silver they alert do a silver too, alert so. So wandering is one of the symptoms of Mm -hmm. Alzheimer's disease, which currently affects at least 5.2 million Americans. The Alzheimer's Foundation estimates that at least 60% of them, 3 million people, are likely to wander in the course of their disease. Further statistics indicate that among people with dementia who wander, at least 50% could suffer serious injury or die if they remain Mm -hmm. missing for more than 24 hours. I mean, think about the elements out there. Right. I mean, just, yeah. Like, even, you know, this morning, it, yeah. I jumped in my car to go to church. It was 40 degrees. Yeah. That's cold. Mm-hmm. It's so yeah, cold. Yeah, yeah. I didn't wear a coat because I was quickly getting yeah. in the car. My car was very cold. Yeah. By the way, the church was really cold. <laughs> yeah, that's why. <laughs> so. That was inside. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Picture someone out walking right. and not knowing where they are. And, you know. Right. Time is of the essence mm-hmm. when individuals with Alzheimer's or other cognitive disorders wander off or become lost. And the Silver Alert program was developed to provide vital information to authorities to assist in the search and safe recovery of these individuals and quickly reunite them with their loved ones and or caregivers. Mm-hmm. Some states have expanded this Silver Alert to include not, not just Alzheimer's, but dementia and other mental or developmental Mm -hmm. disabilities, Mm -hmm. which I actually really like. That's a good idea, too. Yeah, Yeah. I just really like that. In general, the information in a silver alert usually consists of a name, description of the missing person, and their vehicle and a license plate number, Mm -hmm. much like Mr. Brown's. And it is modeled after the Amber Amber Alert. And the silver alert is an emergency system which law enforcement can use to disseminate statewide alerts for missing seniors and or other adults, like I said, with mm-hmm. Alzheimer's or cognitive yeah. issues. I think that so. I, I'm so happy to hear this because it's all of us working together. That's what, exactly. You know, exactly. To bring these people home safe. Yeah. Yep. And it was actually started in Oklahoma in 2005. Oh, oh wow. So it's been around a long time. Yeah. I know. That was the other thing I was like. Are you sure? <laughs> 2005. And not 2015. Yeah. So, in, you know, but it takes a while. So yeah. it's actually, you know, it started in 2005 and it actually became legislation in 2009. And in Georgia, they talked about a missing senior, Maddie Moore, who she disappeared. And eight months after her disappearance, her body was found only 500 yards from her home. I mean, I think there are too many cases of that. Right. Sadly. But once and again, if, if if people are on the alert in that area and know. Right, right they can start looking. Mm-hmm. And then in Florida, there was an 86-year-old resident that ended up the same thing happened. She, her, smart, her submerged car was nearby, mm-hmm. you know, and then they found her later. Mm-hmm. So now 37 states and the District of Columbia have a silver alert and Oregon is on that list. I was just going to ask you, I so I was so 37, happy. We've got 37 ways to states. Go. Yeah. Right. And like I said, I was really happy to see Oregon mm-hmm. on that list. So because the imp- implementation of silver alert systems varies from state to state, mm-hmm. there's no national statistics for the retrieval rates. Resulting. I was just going to ask about that. Mm-hmm. Do we have good but stories? But I was about? looking at, 
you know, they said in this state, in this mm-hmm. state, in this state. And I really felt like the retrieval rates, just looking at the states, were really good. Oh, good. I was really mm-hmm. impressed with them. Mm-hmm. So That's encouraging. I really felt They're like working. it was encouraging, yeah. too. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and I really still felt like, even though Mr. Brown did not come mm-hmm. home alive, mm-hmm. I still felt like, because the way he was found is there's a group that comes through and searches there they don't charge the families anything. Mm-hmm. They come through. They have really specialized equipment, mm-hmm. and they will come through and help. They will look in waterways for families. Mm-hmm. And I still felt like it kept his story out there. Mm-hmm. And they had actually come through once and looked for him oh. in a different and, spot uh-huh. and then came through again and looked for him and found him. Because it, it was where his cell phone pinged. Oh, okay, gotcha. Right? Gotcha. And I just thought, even if it gives... I know it's hard sometimes that it didn't give them the answer they wanted, mm-hmm. but to me, it's an answer. Yeah. And, and right? they, yeah, they know as tragic as it is, they, right. they know what happened. Right. And sadly, that's the type of case where he was going to drown. Yeah. Tragic for sure. But for the family to have peace of mind knowing. an answer. Yeah. Right. And getting to bring him home to, for exactly. a proper burial. Exactly. And to pay the respects. So originally, as I was researching this piece with my intention to research Amber Alerts mm-hmm. then and Silver Alerts, that mm-hmm. was my ori- original. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was completely surprised to hear about Blue Alerts. And yes. then very, very recent edition of Ebony Alerts. Oh, okay. Blue Alerts. Is that for like right. first responders or what? Yes. Oh, it <gasps> actually is. Hallelujah. <laughs> right. So I have less information on both of these, but mm-hmm. I do feel like it's important to be aware of these as they come across your phone right, right. or maybe your social media mm-hmm. platforms to just kind of have a clue in your mind as to what these are. Yeah. So because... Well, like, like we said, the more people know, right. the more we can be on the Because lookout. Ebony, and we'll talk about that at the very end, is only in California and it okay. doesn't even start till January. Mm. But I do also feel like, what if somebody shares it? Yeah. Then you know. Right. Because everybody, you know, with social media, yeah. you can get things yeah. from everywhere, yeah. right? Absolutely. And well, so, I've gotten ones, you know, that the last spot was in Washington. And right. so, yeah, right. I mean. Right. So I just over. feel like it's good to know, like, oh, I kind right. of have a clue what right. a silver alert right. is or blue or anything. Right. So the blue alerts are issued when a law enforcement officer in a line of duty has been killed, seriously injured, or is missing. Or credible threats of serious injury have been made. Blue alerts can warn the public mm-hmm. if a violent suspect is nearby, the type of vehicle, if any, they were last seen in, and what civilians should do if they spot the suspect. Mm. So I was thinking even like if you're a teacher or yeah. something oh, yeah. like that. I mean, even in your job, mm-hmm. if you get a blue alert and you know what's going on, yeah. you've got people around you that you need to protect. Protect. So the Blue Alert Network That's provides, a mouthful. <laughs> Say that <too>. yeah. <laughs> provides the means of quickly identifying, pursuing, and capturing violent offenders mm-hmm. who have hurt, killed, or pose an imminent th- danger to law enforcement. The well, FCC, and the public in general. That's so, what they yeah, said. Yep. Yeah. The FCC added the Blue Alert to the nation's emergency alerting systems with the creation of a dedicated Blue Alert event code in the emergency alert system, state and local law enforcement have the capability to push immediate warnings out to the public via broadcast, cable and satellite providers, as well as consumer smartphones mm-hmm. through the wireless emergency alert system. See, we talk so. about how much we hate technology and that it's ruining things, but this is a really good thing about yes. technology. Yes. 
Yes. So this is the newest one. This is an ebony alert mm-hmm. that will go into effect in California in January 2024 to aid law enforcement's efforts to find missing black youth. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I was talking about earlier with Amber Alerts. This was one issue they had is that sometimes um, in the black community, people might might not come forward with as much information. And they just felt like sometimes, mm-hmm, sometimes all that information isn't there. And mm-hmm. so they felt like sometimes these people weren't being served or mm-hmm. their stories weren't being alerted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and this is another interesting thing too. Then some of their criteria is almost the same as Amber alert. Just a little bit of changes. Mm-hmm. The missing person is actually between the ages of 12 and 25. Oh, okay. And if you remember the Amber alert is 17 and under. under. Yeah. The person has a mental or physical disability. The person went missing under unexplained or suspicious circumstances. Mm. The missing person's physical safety could be in danger. This is also interesting. The victim may be subject to trafficking. I think that's in this a day really, and age, yeah, that's a really... Back in the 80s, that was not a thing. No. And still people don't even believe that no. it happens. No. So I'm really happy to see mm-hmm. that that's on there. Mm-hmm. And they might want does. to add that to the Amber Alert. Just, yeah. The police feel the missing person is in danger due to age, health, mental, or physical disability, or environment or weather conditions. Oh, like out in the elements? Yeah. And, okay. But I also thought, like, they get a lot of earthquakes out mm-hmm. there. And that could yeah. be an issue, too. There is sufficient information for the public that could help in the recovery of the victim. So it's a little bit more vague, mm-hmm. right? It's mm-hmm. not as specific right. as the Amber Alert. So... But it probably, too, they're just rolling it out. So they're right. I'm sure going to be tweaking it. But, I mean, I think it helps more with the community. Like, we have enough to put this out there. We don't have to have a specific license plate. Mm-hmm. We don't have to have this, but we have enough. Okay. Gotcha. Is the point of yeah. this one a little yeah. bit more. And it still will be law enforcement gets engaged, highway patrol, electronic billboards, media outlets, radio, TV. Once again, so same. many people are on their phones and have their yes. phones and they're taping everything. So right. I think right. this is great. Right. And, you know, what's interesting today, as my husband and I were discussing these alerts today, because I was like, hey, have you ever heard of the Blue Alert? Mm-hmm. Have you ever heard of the Ebony? No. Okay. And he said, ah, I think that's a little bit too many alerts. Mm-hmm. Are we going to have too much on our phones? <laughs> and I, re- you know, I was telling about the criteria and that kind of stuff. And I said, I think that if we are too busy to look at these alerts on our phone, then we're mm-hmm. too busy. Yeah. No. <laughs> these are, I mean, this is for people life and death. I right. Mean, yeah. I think that these are things that are so important. Mm-hmm. To stop and look at our welfare. phones. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, didn't we just have this discussion? Like, we're here to help others. Like, yeah. so to me, I hope none of us are too busy to stop and look at these alerts. Yeah. Remember the stories behind them. And also, look at these alerts. Keep your head up. Mm-hmm. And Pay attention. And out yeah. for these license plates mm-hmm. and these cars or these people. Yeah. Just keep your head up and... And keep an eye out for others and yeah, people around you. For sure. So I just yeah. um, I just had a great time researching these, and I'm proud of the people that have put these alerts forward. And yeah. I I really hope they do help people. And I think I even just the people. thousand people that you uh, the thousand children children that, that mm-hmm. right there mm-hmm. super inspiring. Yes, that they can increase the number right. of people. I know some of these helping. are hard to hear. Oh, of course absolutely. they are. Yeah. But I, you know, we were having a discussion recently about sometimes through tragedy, mm-hmm. good things come. 
And even with these silver alerts, like I said, it's just amazing yeah. that these people can be found. And so um, look out for each other yeah. and care for each other. I, I agree. Agree. 2020 seems like forever ago. Can we just forget that year? Like, did that even happen? I'm just going to cut that off. (laughs) Um, But some good things happened. Back in October. (laughs) Back in October 2020, Sam Benjaglib, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Sorry, Sam. Um, Yeah, sorry, Sam. And his two siblings started Sangai Watch, an environmental organization dedicated to keeping Indonesia's waterways clean. 4,400 pounds of plastic can leak into the ocean each week from a single village. Oh, my god! 4,400 pounds of garbage. Yeah. Ooh. So, Sungai Watch installs river barriers to prevent trash and plastic from making it into the ocean. Kind of like big nets? Kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's similar to a litter boom, and I had to look that up. Okay. It's like... They install this floating barrier to hold back I the plastic. I think I've seen those now that you say yeah. that. Okay. Okay. Um... Yeah, I have seen a litter boom. I didn't know that that's what it's called. <laughs> I think you're right. Yes. <laughs> um, proper management of plastic waste is lacking in their coastal communities, and it's the number two contributor to the ocean plastic crisis. The siblings, so these three kids, um, have had quite a few setbacks since they started from you know equipment and technology sure. to staff shortages. Right. Like the rest of the world. Yes. And remember, 2020. Right. This is the end of 2020. Oof. So, But even with these challenges, they have been able to remove 2.6 million pounds of plastic from Indonesian rivers. They've installed 180 trash barriers throughout Indonesia's most polluted rivers and have exploded from a crew of the three siblings right. to over 100 people working full-time to clean the rivers. That is... Which I think is so exciting. It's exciting, but it also is like... We have that much trash? Well, I know. You know, at the I, same I, time? I know. I right? know. Um, and it's really cool because you get on their website and you see all of, like, it has a picture of each of their trash, you know, the people cleaning up trash for them. So Dang. they're all, like, part of this great organization. Right. Apparently, plastic suffocates the suffocates the mangroves. So they really want to get it out of there. Yes. For sure. Yes. Some good news, they were able to actually remove some of the barriers in certain rivers because they no longer needed them because they had programs to educate the communities and the increased awareness has led to them properly managing waste. Oh, that's great. I know. So they can kind of move on. Like we've got yes. this taken care of. They can take it to spot, another spot. Do yeah. the education, yeah. move on. Yeah. That's great. So I the, mean, isn't that the goal? Yes, isn't exactly. The goal? Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And these are kids. I mean, they're adults, but still. They're They're younger than us, so they're kids. kids. (laughs) The company is a registered charity in Yazan, Indonesia, and it's a 501c3 in the U.S., so I'm assuming that's a nonprofit. Right. They also are an environmental partner and certified with the 1% for the planet, which there are a bunch of organizations on there that mm-hmm. I need to do one at some point with just the 1% for the planet. Because so, so often we think that, you know, if I can't do everything, mm-hmm. why bother? But just little tweaks, little changes. I mean, right. these kids, these siblings, just getting out there and trying to clean up garbage. Right. I mean, they are changing the world. Well, and just the thought of that, hey, we get to remove these. Yes. To me, that you change that part of the world. I know. I know. Wow. And it just grows and right. grows and snowballs. Right. So right. another fun thing related to garbage, world plogging championship. 
Plogging. Was yes. it P? Okay. Yes. Okay, just check. Yes. So, plogging is... Have you ever heard of plogging? No. That's why I was like, <laughs> is that a P? So, it comes from the Swedish term plogica, which is a combination of jaga, Swedish for jog, and okay. plaka to pick up. So um, there were times where Amy and I would, and we need to do this again, but you run and you pick up trash Okay, as you're running. Okay. So this World Plogging Championship just took place in Genoa, Italy, and it's actually a competitive event for these okay. participants. Competitors pick up as much garbage as they can while running up and down these hills. They had more than 100 elite competitors show up from around the world, which I think is just so cool. I texted this to my brother. I'm like, we need this here. And he's like, just come up to the shop and do that industry that his business is on. Like like, Shaw. Yes. He's like, that would would win right there. But participants were judged on how much ground they covered, the environment. Impact, environmental impact of the waste they collected and the altitude where they retrieved it. Wow. So, like, a chip bag wouldn't earn as much as, oh. like, a car battery or gotcha. uh, stuff. But um, oh, I imagine just, holding a car battery while you oh ran. Oh, my gosh. Oof. No. We did, so Amy and I did some solve things, and some of the things in Portland that, you know, kind of up by the zoo, we've somebody found a safe. Oh my gosh! Dumped. I'm like they would have won the competition. Okay, I'm just gonna leave that. I'm gonna <laughs> no, let some big burly well, guy. Yes. And you just like kind of shove it towards because they you you take the garbage bags to the right. side of the road and then they come through and pick it up. Or but, I'd be like, hey, yeah. the four of you, come help me <laughs> yes, carry this yes, down. Yes. So um, yeah, they would have won with that safe. Right. But, um, I just thought that was so cool, and I think Amazing. we need a plogging event <laughs> in even just even Portland or Oregon. Right. The United States, we need some sort of competition. So, Got to get Picking on that. Up garbage. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. My favorite six words in recovery are trust God, clean house, and help others. Matthew Perry. We want to hear from you. Please email us your thoughts, story ideas, or just say hi at tangentialinspiration at gmail.com. Tell us about someone inspiring in your life and like or subscribe to our podcast. It helps us out and helps others find us. You can find more information about us at our website, tangentialinspiration.com. Follow us on Instagram at tangentialinspirationpodcast or find us on Facebook. Have a great week.